106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're delighted uh, to have Idraw Slow back on the show. Their first post pandemic gig is in Whelan's uh, tonight, and a new album uh, will be arriving during the summer. Thanks a million, lads. Lovely to see you again out in the wild, sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, um, all our uh, movies and booths people are still with us. Dean, we're going to uh, be talking about your beer. Before that, though, you do have some gear, bi- uh, beer gift packs, uh, twin twacks to give away. <laughs> <laughs> some beer gift packs to give away. Uh, describe them. Okay, so we've got um, the beer we're tasting is Chimis Special, which was first brewed in 2012. And then we have uh, two gift packs which have the rest of the range of the Shimei beers in them. So one of them is a four-pack with a 330ml Shimei glass, which has the, the ladder of styles of Shimei beers. So it has the Patters beer, which is the beer that the monks drink in the monastery. It's 4.8%. You step up the next uh, a step in the ladder, uh, 7% for the Shimei red, 8% for the Shimei white, 9% for the Shimei blue. And then the... And then hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second pack is a a vertical tasting pack. So it's three different versions of Chimay Blue, aged in different oak barrels. Uh, So you've got three 375 milliliter bottles with two taster glasses because it would only be responsible to drink a 10.5% beer with somebody else if you're having uh, three three bottles. That's the only time in which the words vertical and shimmy appear in the same sentence, (laughs) I would have thought. We have four of them to give away uh, to four lucky audience members. There's Dara there modelling them beautifully. Thank you, Dara. Uh, So to win it, you have to send in a text to 53106. 
uh, and tell us why you should get uh, the beer. And uh, uh, Maurice over here will be adjudicating who gets them, so you can blame or thank her if, if you don't win. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on. You can tell us about, uh, about the beer. So, yeah, we're tasting Chimay Special. Now, I mentioned the ladder and I went up as far as 9% with the uh, Chimay Blue. Uh, the Chimay Special is 10% ABV. It was originally brewed uh, to celebrate the 150th birthday of the Chimay Brewery at the Chimay Monastery. And it's a strong Belgian blonde ale. Absolutely beautiful flavours in it. Lots of fruit, stone fruit flavours, peach, apricot, uh, some apple, pear... Um, there's a, a touch of cherry in there and there's a little bit of kind of pastry flavour uh, and almond that kind of comes together and almost gives an impression of Bakewell tart. Mm. Um, got some vanilla, white pepper, uh, creamy nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, a little bit of licorice into the finish and then a, a kind of really warming... Yeah, uh, I'm uh, getting that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you drink it down. But absolutely beautiful beer. The, the, the Trappist breweries, they... Um, they, if you like, they're the, kind of the uh, original craft breweries. Uh, so when you look at the Belgian breweries, they go back uh, generations. And uh, what you've got with craft beer, it kind of starts in the 80s. But what they were trying to do is they were trying to bring back something that had been there before the Industrial Revolution, which was kind of local breweries doing local things, uh, built around community, um, built around the idea of mm. a person behind the beer as opposed to a kind of a, a glitzy image. And with the Trappist breweries... Um, the beer is brewed um, under the supervision of uh, monks of the Cistercian Order of the Strict Observance, which I need to get in very early, <laughs> because if you try to do that after drinking 10% beer, it turns into What do they strictly observe, I, I wonder? They, um, they're uh, technically a silent order. They will talk, but uh, they're a silent <laughs> order. They spend eight hours at work, eight hours at prayer, and eight hours at sleep every day. Uh, if you go into the monastery, it genuinely is an, an, a really unusual experience. It's like stepping into another world. Uh, the, the philosophy of the order is that they work to sustain themselves and also, also to sustain the charitable work that they do. So the profits from the brewery go to chapter houses in Uganda and Kenya, uh, where they do work with the poor and to the living expenses of the monk in the, in, in the monastery. All right, okay, yeah. And, and this, is, this is the 10.5% we're drinking. This is the 10%. Yeah, 10%. Yep. Like, yep. you wouldn't think it was 10%. <laughs> 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 oh, those finely attuned palates there. <laughs> that's... So now, it's also in the shimmy glass. So, uh, yeah, in, in that, that's a lovely you... glass. And if, they always look kind of slightly religious, those glasses as yeah. well. It always, uh, always reminds me. Yeah. If Jesus was alive, this is what he'd drink beer out. <laughs> uh, Fanula, every, everything we're talking about uh, shows an utter redundancy of ideas uh, in, in Hollywood in general. They're making a Mad Max. Is it a TV series or a film they're making? Sorry, no, so they're not making a oh, Mad they're not Max. Make- but it's, uh, there's a new oral history coming out about how they made Mad Max Fury Road, which came out a few, uh, must be a couple of years ago at this point now. But there was a lot of talk around how uh, uh, Tom Hardy was cast as Max. So he was obviously cast in the role, but it came down to it was him, Army Hammer, and Jeremy Renner, which I think is very funny. No offence, Jeremy Renner. And it was down to the three of them, and then basically Tom Hardy was made audition with Army Hammer to figure out who would get it, and Tom Hardy spat at Army Hammer, and then Army Hammer was like, actually, this guy wants it more, so just <laughs> give him the role. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, which, if someone spotted me while I was auditioning for a potential job, I'd be like, yeah, clearly I don't want this enough. Um, but yeah, so this uh, history is coming out, uh, it's from a guy called Kyle Butchanen. It's 
blood, sweat and crawl in the wild and true story of Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and, but yeah, basically, someone there's this other good quote uh, that someone had about Tom Hardy as to why he was cast. He had that kind of suppressed emotional dryness that you'd find uh, in post-apocalypse and buried underneath it, disdain for the world. <laughs> I was like, imagine just looking at someone and be like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I see there. There yeah, he is. That's what I see. Yeah. Thank you, me, Jake. <laughs> Righty. Uh, is there an Ursula Walsh from Galway in the audience? Ursula, put your hand up there, wherever you are. She's not here. <gasps> oh, yeah. that's a man with his hand up there. <laughs> He's pretending to be Ursula Walsh, but Ursula isn't with us. No, hang on. This, this fellow that put his hand up, JJ is going to go over and ask him, is he Ursula Walsh? <laughs> no. You know, he's just an Ursula Walsh impersonator. That's a shame. <laughs> All right, never mind. We were going to give Ursula a present, but she's not with us. She was collecting her daughter from Vancouver today, so... Aww. Aww. Yeah, I know. But she probably got held up, you know. <laughs> Poor thing. She's like one of those people that don't answer the phone for the cash machine. <laughs> anyway, uh, we do have more uh, movies and booths to talk about. We'll take a break. Back in a minute. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're coming to you from the Sugar Club. And uh, uh, Dean has just been telling us about a beer. We've been inviting some of the studio audience to text in to see who might deserve... He's got some gift packs to give away to see who might uh, have one. Now, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this person's name, um, but I'm going to start reading the text they sent in. I came here to the show today on my own, and a lovely family sitting beside me took me in as their own. Who was that? Oh, it's that uh, that person there. Go over to them, JJ. Um, And have a... Uh, and she said, uh, and they say that the guy seems to be into his beer, really, and I should get the beer pack to give it to him, as they made me so welcome. Oh. Okay. Could you tell us your name? Jay. Jay. Oh. I tell you what, we're going to do, Jay. Yeah. We're going to give them the beer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you. Oh. oh. I'm going to give you a, a two-night stay in the Kingsley Hotel in Cork, including breakfast. Now the family are going, why didn't we get the feckin' stay in the hotel? <laughs> okay, fair enough, you're happy with the beer. Right, okay, so we'll, uh, we're moving on to, uh, uh, we're moving on to our second movie uh, oh. of the day. Um, I have to work. Yeah, what is the name of the second movie again? Uncharted I, with Tom Holland. Yeah, Uncharted with Tom Holland. Here's a clip. Hey, kid, a little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. But it's just a story. I beg to differ. Five hundred years ago, my family found the world's biggest fortune, then was betrayed. People have been searching for it all in vain. Both you turn your keys clockwise at the same time. Thanks a lot. You almost got me killed. Clockwise, Sully. Well, it was 50-50, so I made a guess. Clearly. 
Right, that's uh, uh, Uncharted. I take it from the dramatic music. It's a drama of some sort. Do you think? I think so. It's not a rom-com. <laughs> this, no, it's not a rom-com. Um, this stars the man of the moment, Tom Holland. And he is teaming up with Mark Wahlberg. And did you hear those dulcet tones of um, Antonio Banderas? Right, OK. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? A bonus. Oh, he speaks Spanish in it. And oh! <laughs> Um, but basically, this this is not all about Antonio, even though he does speak Spanish and appears on screen. Um, most people probably focus on the fact that it is about Tom Holland. He plays an orphan called um, Nathan Drake. This is based on a computer game. And basically, he's recruited... Yeah, usually that would be my reaction as well. Yeah. But after pandemic, completely different. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed this, spoiler alert, but basically he plays um, an orphan who's lost his brother and they were always into history and treasure hunts and along comes Mark Wahlberg's character, um, uh, Victor Sullivan, who recruits him and says, look, there's this great treasure that we've all been able to find but we have to get around Antonio Banderas's character and a couple of other side characters as well who are trying to get the cash and the gold. They're looking for this gold from a shipwreck and... Basically, it feels like The Da Vinci Code meets Indiana Jones meets Cocktail. Remember Tom Cruise's Cocktail? Yeah, okay. (laughs) So at the very beginning, I kept watching this and I couldn't help thinking, is Tom Holland going to be the next Tom movie star we've been looking for? Because he's ready to take on Tom Cruise's mantle. The way he handles a cocktail in those cocktail-making scenes are phenomenal. He's amazing with action. I think, I think I've said this before, I think Tom Cruise has the best on-screen run. Yes, yeah, I no think, doubt, yeah. yeah. I think Tom Holland matches him. Like, he's re- yeah, he's You're really... talking a big game there, girl. <laughs> I know, I know. But I think in a few years' time, we're going to be looking back going, wow, this is a bona fide movie star. Because I can't think of someone in the last couple of years who's sort of come up and taken that mantle. But I think Tom Holland will. I love... I never would have thought that Tom Holland, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, you know, Mark Wahlberg, hmm. I never thought they would have gone hand in hand and they'd make a great on-screen couple. They're fantastic. They're... It's a platonic relationship. But ah! <laughs> he serves... You nearly had me. <laughs> he serves as a mentor. But, you know, you don't see that age gap at all. I love the banter between the two of them. The um, treasure hunt is great. We go to places like Barcelona and New York and we have, like, beautiful islands that we get to see. As I said, there's a touch of... Um, the Da Vinci Code about this because it's all about them cracking the code and figuring out how to get to their next clue. It's just, look, at two hours, it's probably a little bit long, but I think the Mm. thing that kept me there was the fact that Tom Holland, he's just, he's so charismatic on screen and his Spider-Man training really helped him with this and it's no surprise because, like, five or six days later, he was on the set of Spider-Man No Way Home. So this this preceded... Preceded, yeah. Spider-Man: okay. No Way Home. So, look, it's a bit of fun if you're looking for an adventure film, something that's different. I know it's based on a video game, but I'm not a video. I'm like, I'm not a gamer, so I'd never seen this story before. I thought it was interesting. The only time I rolled my eyes was at the end and went, "Oh no, no, no! Please don't start a new franchise. We don't need this to be the start of a new franchise as a standalone one movie. I'm happy to watch, but let's not make this Tom Holland's Mission Impossible." But that's what, exactly what's going to happen. I think Because you've encouraged is. people to go and see it. So it's in, in, essentially it's your fault. <laughs> Me? Yeah. If it yeah, turns probably. into a franchise. Yeah, 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 yeah. But do you know what? It is. It's a bit of fun. And, oh, did I mention Antonio Banderas is in this? Yeah. <laughs> and he speaks Spanish as well. So. Uh, like all the time or just the one time? 
sometimes when he has his interactions with his dad. So it's, it's actually really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give a damn about this film, you know that. There wasn't one bit of the plot or the story of the acting you liked, other than Antonio Banderas speaking feckin' French, or Spanish. <laughs> You'll have to wipe that seat down after. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I do forget I'm on the radio. You know? <laughs> uh, we do. The hashtag is Freegan Movies. A pack of crisps now, uh, being one example of that. Uh, and no country for old bread. Right. Are they going to do a kind of reunion with Jurassic Park people? Yeah. Fanula? Why? Um, the, yeah, the... This is a thing now. Yeah, like, it's a pure nostalgia grab. But listen, if you were to go by Twitter yesterday, the people are loving it, the gays are loving it. Laura Dern is back. She is ready to stop the Why are the, the gays loving it? Laura Dern is a bit of a gay icon. Like. Oh, right, I thought, like, there was some sort of gay dinosaur thing. I didn't know about it. <laughs> I mean, not that I know of, because the details of the plot are still pretty scarce. But yeah, it's Jurassic World Dominion, so it's going to be the final film in this last set of sequel series. Um, but, like, people are calling it this reunion, like, 29 years in the making because, like, Sam Neill is back, Laura Dern, I already mentioned, Jeff Goldblum, they're all back together on screen. He was actually in the second one. I can't remember what it's called, Jurassic World something, but he was in the second one. Um, they're all back. It's going to be out in theatres in June. Um, and, obviously, Chris Pratt as well, reprising his role from the previous two, and Bryce Dallas Howard, so... Right, OK. Yeah. The dinosaurs are muck, basically. Like, yeah. it's not good, like... <laughs> But they'll figure it out, probably. Kira <laughs> uh, Wall and uh, Don O'Rourke, are they in the audience? Oh, there they are. There they are, there. Oh, they're at the back. Look Aww. at them. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Hello. When are you getting married? Uh, September. <laughs> and uh, have you, like, sorted out the venue and all that kind of stuff? Uh, venue sorted, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm not asking you where. Like, big... <laughs> are we talking a big wedding? Uh, no, we'll keep it reasonable. Ah, come on. How many people are going to the wedding? Uh, maybe about 80. All right, OK, that's, that's, that's a civilised amount. Uh, reasonable. Did you, did you start off with 300 and then have to cut your way down kind of thing? Uh, no, I think we even started about 50, maybe, and worked our way up. Right, OK. That's, uh, that's, that's even better. And are you getting married in a church, by a tree, you know? Uh, no, no, we'll, we'll get married at the venue. Right, OK. And, uh, um, you're, you're, and are you... This cagey about the details to the people coming to the wedding. Well, we learned from Deirdre not to share too much, you know, just in case. <laughs> so, I mean, have you children? Are you living together? Any of that stuff? Or is this a new adventure? No, yeah, we've been living together two years now, maybe. So, yeah, so, yeah. We, we made sure it worked before we right. went this okay. far. Okay, that's, that's good. Good to know you're not rushing into anything, uh, really. And, and you, do you, where do you live? Do you live in Dublin? Dublin, yeah. Yeah. And uh, does Kira ever get to talk? <laughs> Hello. Hello, Kira. It's uh, funny, I was asking him all about the wedding, and you're the one who probably organised it. That's true, yeah. yeah. So, 80 people, that's good. Has, I mean, has everything done at this point, or is there still a few, you know, um, details we've, to... We've got a few more things to do. Um, one or two things, but everything, pretty much everything is kind of done now. Okay, well, you probably had plenty of time. 
uh, yeah. to sort everything out. Did you wait? Is this your first go at it kind of thing, or did you have several? <laughs> I mean, because of the pandemic, you know what I mean? No, this is the first go, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, that's good. You probably had plenty of time uh, uh, to plan it out there. And uh, are you going to have a hen, and, and is he going to have a stag and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, we planned the hen, so, yeah. Right, okay, where are you going for the hen? I don't know, it's up to the bridesmaids, so... Right, okay. Does it involve getting on a plane? I don't know yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow, okay, that's good. You're putting a lot of trust in the yeah. bridesmaids there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I hope this doesn't clash. We're going to give you two tickets to see, the, to see villagers in the Ivy Gardens. Oh, wow, thank so. you. Congratulations to you. And I uh, hope the wedding goes well as well. You are listening to the Moncrief Show and News Talk. We're going to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're coming to you still from the Sugar Club in Dublin. Uh, yes, that's just a, some uh, riffraff that staggered in during the course of this. Um, uh, three other people are, are going to get uh, uh, D- uh, Dean's very kind uh, Shimei gift packs. Uh, <laughs> Catherine says... Uh, I would, I should win the Shimei beer because it would be an awful Shimei if I didn't. <laughs> Jesus, you'll have to drink the gift back before that's funny. Uh, Barry says, uh, just finished a stint of night shift. Have not slept for two nights. Need anything to get me away, uh, says Barry. Oh, gosh, Barry. I, I, I'm, well, I'm choosing to believe Barry is a, a brain surgeon and... Uh, <laughs> doesn't just like work in a, a garage or something. Uh, and Sarah says that we were at the last Movies and Booze in February 2020, just before lockdown, and we're here again today. It's our first date after our daughter was born. And we, and we had to be home by 5pm. We won Green Day tickets, uh, but it was cancelled because lockdown happened. <laughs> so maybe we deserve a beer. Oh, God, you deserve more than that, but we, the beer is all we have left. Oh, God. God, it's mad, isn't it? It's like two years just went yeah. by in a flash. Yeah. Uh, right, anyway, tell okay. us about our Okay, our, our, our last wine, wine and I think you all have it now, is uh, a red wine. It's the 2020 Finkus Morris, and it's Valentine's weekend, so it's the love wine. And it's priced 15 euro, but it's actually going on promotion next Thursday in Super Value for uh, a, a short period of time. You'll also get it in the fine wines shops there in Limerick, Cork and Dublin. Tesco have it as well. A uh, few of the independents off-license like Redmond's and Ranala, you know, it, it, it's all over the place. It's a concept wine, and it was, it's made by a, a winery called Finkus Las Morris, and they're the same people who do Dada, which is one of the most popular Argentinian wines in the Irish market. Now, Dada was launched in 2014, and it's now in the top five. Everybody loves it. This is from the same stable, but it's a slightly, it's a slightly different. It's a Malbec. Now, Malbec, I mean, the grape dates back to the medieval times in France, you know, back to the time of Eleanor of Aquitaine, but, I mean, it was transported to Argentina in the 19th century when the Argentinian president sent um, an agricultural scientist called Michel Pujol over to um, Argentina and he said, look, you know, bring some French grape over, see how they fare. And Malbec, which is a kind of a rustic grape in, in, in France, 
found its natural home in Argentina. And why? Because the high altitude. All the vineyards are planted up to 5,000 feet above sea level. It's very, very warm during the day, and then at night, everything cools down. So during the day, the sunshine ripens the vines, but at night, it gets so cold that it stops the sort of, it stops the ripening, and that gives the grapes an edge. Malbec grown in these conditions, in the amazing soil that they have, you know, you're in the Andes Mountains, basically, in Mendoza, in all the different... um, you know, regions and areas which they've mapped out and done all these soil, um, you know, experiments on. Malbec is just absolutely stunning. And, I mean, there was a time, I, I mean, I do lots of standing in supermarkets um, promoting wine, and there was a time, um, the only red wine everybody wanted was Chateau Neuf de Pape. And now I find, I'm standing there, people say, have you any Argentine Malbec? And it really is one of the wines of the moment. So this one, I mean, the thing about Malbec is it's, a low, it's low in acidity, high in tannin, which means it's very good with steak or any sort of beef. And also, if you're a vegetarian and you, you make something like mushroom, you know, a, a, a mushroom risotto, you know, with that umani, that gorgeous kind of savory flavor. It'll work very well with that. Um, It has an inky black color. Gorgeous. I mean, when I smell it, you just get chocolate on the nose, uh, dark plums. And then when you taste it, Serena said she's she's taken some home. She's got to have this, you know, loves it. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) When you taste this, you've got the tannin is beautifully soft. There's a lovely spiciness coming through. That's from the wood age. Lovely sort of dark Dark sort of summer fruits, more red plum, goes on, the flavor goes on in your mouth for ages. If you're having a special Valentine dinner that involves, whether it be mushroom or steak or whatever, this is a wine to have with it. Enjoy the love. So it's the Fincus Maslora, Las Moras Love, 15 euro, and it's on promotion in Super Value from next Thursday. And it's just got love written on it. So yeah. won't be hard to find. We do have time to do um, another film, so we're going to take your mind off Antonio Banderas. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Here's a clip. Now God has a voice in this fight. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm. Who's he fighting? Liberal agenda. Feminist agenda. Homosexual agenda. It's Mm. time for a reversal of these trends. Mm. The only hopes in, in saving America. Get back to the good old days. Mm. <laughs> well, I love our country, but America is for them too. <laughs> well, oh, Tam, would, mm. would you mind getting me another coke? Jim, let your wife speak. Debate. I think it gets us all back to unity. Oh, I don't want to debate you, Jerry. I love you. I love all of you guys. R- R- Reverend Falwell. Yeah. We love you too, Tammy Faye. <laughs> yes, we do. God is my witness. I made a pledge to continue to expose the sins in this country. The Bible explicitly forbids homosexuality. There's no gray area. Um, well, you know, I, I, I don't think of them as homosexuals. I just think of them as other human beings that I love. You know, we're all just people made out of the same old dirt. And God didn't make any junk. <laughs> wow. Um, obviously, you didn't see the clip, but his face, uh, uh, Jerry Falwell's face, at least, told you didn't really approve of that. Uh, so is this like a biopic of him? No, it's about... How much do you know about Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker? Do you know much about them here in Ireland? Because in Australia, we grew up with, like, seeing them almost as caricatures on our TV screens. Oh, wait, did they used to, like, put them on TV being all 
Jesus. The, yeah, we used, well, so we used to have a lot of American TV. So, like, they were constantly on TV, um, either doing interviews on some American TV. Sorry, Serena. Uh, Serena's from Australia, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. We... Thanks for clarifying Clar- that. Clarify that, yes. <laughs> Sorry, you probably can't tell with my Irish. Yeah, you probably show. can't, yeah, no. no. Um, but yet, here, did you know much about them? Because I sat down with Brian to watch, and he's like, who, who is this? Did you know who they were? I know, the names, I knew they were kind of, you know, well, evangelist people. Yeah, yeah, if you don't know anything about them, it is a biopic about... It, it mainly centres on Tammy Faye, but there's a lot with Jim Baker's story, obviously, because it interacts with her life. And it's just basically how they started off as... Tel- well, they started off as evangelists. Did you know that there's Bible college? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they there's loads off, of them, yeah. They, they started off at Bible college in the States, and then they fell in love, and then as often happens their their belief in faith turned into greed but apparently the greed was what god wanted them like god wanted them mm, to be yeah. rich um but tammy faye i don't know how innocent she was but basically jim was behind a lot of this and it's about tammy faye but the thing for me that really stands out because i felt with this film it's two hours and i felt they covered a lot but does it make sense to say i also felt like they didn't cover enough either there's a lot of bits missing from this film but this film, the reason why it's getting rave reviews is Jessica Chastain. When you see, if you if you know Tammy Faye or if you see photos of her, she is the spitting image of Tammy Faye. And she's also, she has the mannerisms um, of Tammy Faye. It's not surprising that she got nominated for an Oscar for this performance. Um, makeup and hair were also nominated, as they should have been. And I just need to say that Andrew Garfield's also been nominated for an Oscar, but not for the eyes of Tammy Faye. If you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, it is on Netflix. It is absolutely phenomenal. He got nominated for that. I'm still raging that that didn't get a Best Oscar, Best Picture nomination at the Oscars, but Tick, Tick, Boom is definitely something you need to see. The eyes of Tammy Faye, would I see it at a cinema? Probably not. Would I see it? If it was showing on TV, I'd probably watch it on TV just for Jessica Chastain's performance. Right, OK, but it tells the story of, of, of these two people. Of the two, yeah, of yeah. the two, their, their rise and their demise as yeah. well. And now, yeah, and the, now, the, the thing with that is that you can Google that and probably a lot of people will know the... There's always a difficulty with that, kind of telling the story people already know. Yeah, and so that, that's why, like, as I said, I grew up with them sort of, like, in the background in Australia. So, like, I was watching it going... You're not really telling me much that I don't know. And then there was... They had two kids, but they just forgot about the two kids for the whole film. It was like, oh, yeah, here she is having one, or here she is having another one, and then let's just forget that these two kids exist. It was just... It was a bit messy for my liking. Right, Okay. But, Uh, yeah, uh, but, look, if you want to see an amazing performance from Jessica Chastain, go see it. I probably wouldn't waste my money at the cinema. I'd probably go watch Marry Me instead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's easy for you to say. You got to see it for free. I did. (laughs) Uh, The the thing is, like, do you you feel any sympathy for them? Because if people are familiar with the story, they'll go, you know, they got... I don't really for Jim. I feel a little bit for Jim, but for Tammy Faye, definitely. Definitely. She... Like, she was just so innocent and so naive, and as we saw, heard in that clip as well, she was just so loving, and she just, in her mind, she was there to do good for everybody. Jim had other... Alter- Although, in his mind, I really do think the message that he was receiving from God was that God wanted him to be rich. Mm. So <laughs> No, but that's a thing in America. There is a whole kind of, you know, theology of and being it, rich yeah, that and, God says it's okay. Yeah, and it was really funny. Like, we were at the cinema watching it with my husband, and I kept turning to him just going, this is just nuts. It's just, yeah, it was... It, you, you see a bit of American... Because co- the, the thing is, they, they started a 
um, tally evangelist channel, like a TV channel that was yeah. just basically based on them and their preachings and they had like a Tonight Show and then she started off having this puppet show and you're just watching it going, how are people buying into this? And not only are they buying into it, like they're actually literally buying into it. They, they were ringing and donating money mm. as the shows were on. So yeah. they were basically ripping people off. Uh, but that's but Tammy huge, had no idea. That's a huge chunk of America. It, we kind of forget this side of the Atlantic just how religious some Americans are, a large chunk of Americans. It's... And, like, basically, if this show, this show today, had been broadcast in the United States, yeah. we'd never have got to 4 o'clock. <laughs> we'd probably all be in prison now. Uh, Charlene Spiteri said the S word. I made a gag about the chair. You know that. You know, it's actually We've been run out of the state. It's frightening, though, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not the it's not the religious thing. It's the evangelists. It's those fanatics that are actually quite scary. Yeah, indeed, it is. Christ, there you are. There's uh, there's another one over there. That will. Uh... Arrow, what are you clapping for? You weren't listening to the blinking thing at all. <laughs> they were chatting among themselves, going up and down to the bar. So, uh, Fanula. Two things I wanted you to tell us about. Uh, the new Christian Dior. This is a series coming. Yes, this is coming to Apple TV Plus and it's set in World War II. It's called The New Look and it's basically going to look at how Christian Dior overtook Coco Chanel at that time. So we have Ben Mendelssohn is going to play Christian Dior and we have Juliette Binoche, Oscar winner. She's oh, wow, going to play cool. Coco Chanel. Um, coming later this year, I think. All filmed in Paris, uh, basically looking at the fact that like Christian Dior kind of came up totally from the ranks out of nowhere, dethroned... Coco Chanel, and it returned spirit and life to the world with this groundbreaking, iconic imprint of beauty and influence. So, right. could be interesting if you're interested. I interviewed Juliette Binoche once. Oh, yeah? I'm one of those. You do these. Um, <laughs> I love no, them. Really? Uh, um, they do these kind of junk. This is years ago. They do these junk. They, they fly over a load of hacks, and literally everyone gets 15 minutes with whoever the star is, mm-hmm. and they're bored out of their minds. <laughs> Uh, but, but because it was Juliet Bonasho at the time was regarded as one of the most beautiful women in the world, was all these main hacks coming out going, oh, I think she liked me. <laughs> <laughs> but she did like me. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a little irony in that clap, I must say. Uh, and uh, there's, they've announced the final season of Better Call Saul. Yes, so we have a premiere date. Better Call Saul fans so it's coming the first half is coming April 18th they're splitting it in two to make sure that it's eligible for Emmys because obviously it's the last season um, so the first season is coming as I said April 18th and then the second part is coming July 11th and the creator has said that it's the most ambitious surprising and heartbreaking season yet obviously delayed because of the pandemic needless to say and Bob Odenkirk uh, suffering his heart attack on set so very interesting to see what it'll be like yeah he's yeah. fine he's fine but yeah. delay things a bit we'll he's fine don't worry interesting to say that he's good Early- Earlier on in the show, I did, um, I did call out the name Ursula Walsh because, as I was saying, she was going to collect her daughter who was arriving from Vancouver. Uh, she couldn't make it, but she did hear it, her name Aww. being called out. Aww. And she says, I was the lady who, on the way to collect her daughter, Amy, I was supposed to be at the show, but I couldn't get the day off. You called out my name a little while ago, but I was on the motorway. Stop to send you this message. We're so upset not to be there. And then you call my name out. Anyway, maybe I'll get to go another time. Sorry to have missed you. Now, yes, of course we're going to give her the prize. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, everyone's a producer. (laughs) So we already already given away uh, this overnight stay at the King's Day Court. We'll get another one and we'll send it off uh, to Ursula Walsh and maybe... 
spend a night away and get back to know each other again. Another thing, uh, all, all, uh, you've all sat in, all the audience have sampled uh, that lovely beer in the lovely kind of religious shimmy glasses. You get to keep the glass. <laughs> the joy. <laughs> we'll be handing out free used socks at the end of the show as well. Yes, sir? Did Amy get her daughter? Is, well, Amy is her daughter. I assume she, she, she did. Does she have her daughter? What? Did they reunite? Did Amy... I hope so. Okay, good. No, she says she couldn't get the day off, so I don't know, maybe Amy's still at the airport saying, where's Mammy? Can you yeah. please text us in within the next five minutes yeah. and let us know if mother and daughter have been reunited? Yeah, I we, look for these stories. That would be, uh, uh, yeah. that would be very important. Uh, we've pretty much run out of time, uh, I'm afraid. Uh, but, it, you know, there is a lot of people to thank, Dean and Fanula and Jean and Serena, and it was absolutely lovely to see a studio audience again. And to, see the, uh, and to see the happiness uh, in your faces. Uh, a lot of people who put this together as well. Uh, obviously, we have to uh, thank our old friends uh, at the Sugar Club. Uh, it was lovely for them to welcome us back here again. Uh, and there is always a big production team on these things. A lot of work goes into putting it all together. Paul Buckland, uh, Derek Rocks, and he does, believe you me. Seifer uh, O'Donovan, Dara Faulkner, Maurice O'Sullivan, Aidan McKelvey, Simon Tierney, and Michael Quilligan. Kieran's up next on News Talk. Have a lovely weekend. Uh, we're going to leave you now uh, with the new Brass Kings. See you later.
and booze on Moncrief brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range Lidl more for you enjoy alcohol sensibly visit drinkaware.ie